everybody. What's up? Welcome back to the Whistling in the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Bradley, and I have Dr. Adam Steele with me. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, Adam? Uh, this is episode 55, and today is Sunday, August 23rd, the year of our Lord, 2020. Uh, oh, they don't, they don't, that's not approved anymore. Oh, the year of Jesus, <laughs> the year of our Jesus Christ Savior, sweet baby Jesus. I think that is the approved one now. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. No, I think it's actually Lucifer. I've been so I've been digging really, um, really uh, getting back into conspiracy theory stuff in the last week, um, mm-hmm. and it's probably what I should be doing because easily, I mean, a big episode for me is or for for us, you know, is like mm-hmm. hundreds. And like closer, like below 500, you know, Um, maybe even well, you know, like, and there's episodes that do not get even a hundred like downloads. (laughs) Um, And the two that I did about Epstein and this woman, Tracy Twyman, I mean, like thousands. Yeah. So, uh, but it really, uh, it, I, you know, it's weird. It stuff takes its toll on me. Um, doesn't, doesn't feel good. Yeah, I mean, people get hungry for that. So you can, have, <laughs> if people are into it, I think they could probably never get enough. So, yeah. and it, it was interesting. So I, I got, so it's a whole story. So we, um, we did talk about Shattergate, yes, last week. Yeah, a little briefly, bit. Briefly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, you, you were, you had a, a very healthy skepticism, which was, which mm-hmm. was good for sure. And, um, yeah, I think that is th- so. This this opened up. Well, first of all, Millie Weaver got arrested literally like the day it came out on Friday. Um, yeah, and we were talking on Sunday, I believe, and so we basically what people thought happened actually it happened. So it it was it stems from a a dispute, an altercation with her mother. Um, <laughs> where there's some different stories about exactly what happened, but um, it, I mean, it, I, I don't know. Like her, her mother was recording something on her phone. Some people like say that it was them being really shitty to her, so they were being like really mean to her. But she was going to, and mm. apparently she had been like texting her. I don't know, priest, bishop, minister, somebody, um, whoever, you know, and, and then the Pope. Yeah. So whoever is like the main person in her, her church. And, uh, so that, um, and then, so apparently she was like getting evidence. Uh, I did also hear, and, but Alex Jones didn't really like know what was going on. I mean, he, he obviously hit like somewhat close to the mark because it was a family thing, but he thought that it might've had something to do with the mother kind of getting freaked out because it's like, she looked around at all this, she, all this, you know, kind of like weird, like CIA stuff or whatever they were investigating and had taken some pictures. And so they destroyed her phone. Uh, this kind of seems more plausible in a, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. They broke her phone. They took it from her and they broke her phone. She like ran away, ran out and called the police and then later said she didn't want to press charges. Um, we Mm kind of knew that actually. And I think it just sort of came out. But anyway, um, this, uh, 
since then, sh- uh, people have, they call it like digging, you know, like researching, what, <laughs> which is what you got to do, right? Like this, this type of documentary comes out and I was sort of hoping I, I, I didn't really feel like I had the energy. Um, and I don't think that this is like my expertise, you know? Um, but there, there's one guy I watched a number of, of, uh, sort of his sort of short 20 minute videos. His name is Defango. Mm-hmm. He is possibly the most, uh, despised member of the conspiracy theory world. Everybody hates this guy. <laughs> and he is a dick. He was even a dick to me on Twitter. Um, and then his Twitter got, got canceled. Uh, which is, he's, his Twitter account gets canceled. He just keeps making new ones. But anyway, Defango sort of sells himself as like um, kind of a you know, like a hacker type, like he's this really smart, you know, guy can find out all this information and he can really do all these things or whatever. I don't know what he is. He just kind of seems like a loser that is, will like spend the time to like Google and Mm -hmm. use the Wayback machine and stuff. Um, Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's, it's good. It's, it's fine. So he dug up a whole bunch of stuff, um, particularly on this Tory woman who he kept calling her Tor. Uh, I don't know why, um, but her real name is like Terpishore. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I forget the rest of it, but <laughs> that was the this standard. was one of the two people she interviewed for yeah, the, the documentary. Yeah, yeah, and the other yeah. was like mm-hmm. a guy, and and the guy seemed like a little bit more legit or whatever. But anyway, this woman. Terpeshore's past that he digs into. I mean, I and I found some of this stuff myself. So um, I mean, it 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 seemed like pretty legit. You know, I uh, it would be a, quite an elaborate setup to like go to these websites and put fake information in them. And like, I mean, you can go and look at you know uh, arrest records or court records and stuff like that. But she's got a whole bunch of stuff. She lives in Minote or Minote M I N O T. I think it's in North Dakota. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the Dakotas, and she has charges. I think she's I, she may have been found guilty of some stuff for defrauding the city. On she was supposed to put on some event, and apparently, like, spent the money and didn't do it, or something like that. She was also yeah. running for mayor, so there's a lot of stuff around that where people are just like, "Yo, don't vote for the psychopath." Like, stuff online, like, oh, and uh, she, what else did she do? Forged checks. I think she was actually found guilty of forged checks at some point not uh in okay her this is and forget this husband, lady come on her husband might go to prison for the rest of his life for sexually assaulting minors the youngest being uh. 10 so okay. for a woman that is supposed to be uncovering the like pedophilia rings of the elites seems kind of weird that she's got one right in her own house now granted that's his crime, not her, you know, whatever. And the other side, you know, I don't know. But She's a huckster. Seems, right, right. She's a huckster. We can discount every, she has provided no actual proof and she's obviously some sort of weirdo. Yeah. You it's know, crazy, it's like, man. And that, you know, that's kind of like, uh, so, so this Millie Weaver has really turned against Alex Jones um, and Alex Jones and, and her are like, they have broken off their working relationship. And uh, she's turned on some other people that are in that that work with them too. I mean, so Millie and Tor uh, have been basically just going on a 
a campaign of just accusing everybody anywhere like in this side of the world of being like a deep state operative or whatever. Um, and I guess you're next Pat for yeah. uncovering the dark secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Defango. So Defango is like one of the people I could believe it. Like he, he's always been like pretty sketchy, but I, you know, I think like just because even if he has done stuff like disinformation shit over the years, um, I also think that he still might be pretty good at like what he does, you know, and it's not like everything he does is for one purpose. So seems pretty legit, you know, what he dug up here. So I don't know. Well, if, but, it's the, if, the, if it's the correct lady, then, you right, know, I'm sure yeah. the news articles or whatever are not like made up in retrospect and put <laughs> right, on the right, internet right. archives. So. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some weird stuff about her past. So I got links, um, to at least one of his videos. You can feel free and a, a warning that the Fango is, is a, a real big tool, but, um, I don't know. Maybe he works for some people. I can't stand him, but I, I, at the same time, I don't know. It's like for stuff like this, he's sort of, you know, he's kind of a go-to, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that people are pretty actually concerned about this Millie Weaver. Um, I did find one person that was just like straight up fuck Millie Weaver. He's like this. She sucks. Like all this idea that she is like this un unwitting, you know, dupe of these other people that, you know, took her for mm -hmm. a ride. He's just like, man, she's always been full of it. She's always been, mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. And he's, apparently the guy that actually got her the job with Alex Jones, he like mm. found her mm. in LA and like sort of brought her over there. I guess they, he thought they had a, a common thing and he thought, um, she could be, you know, really, really good with them sort of adding, I guess, like an attractive young woman, uh, to, you know, balance out his, uh, <laughs> brutishness, I guess. <laughs> His disgustingness. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, yeah, so and and by the way, I I've seen him a little bit lately because of this, like some videos. Boy, he looks like he's put on a little weight too. He's beefy, <laughs> but he's always been up and down. I don't know. He's still. I mean, I, I, I'll end it there, right? I, you know. So yeah, the shadow game shadow is thing. pretty much like kaput. Like yeah. forget it, man. Yeah, yeah, and it and it sucks because this is one of those things that it's like there was definitely information there that was like verifiable. And you can also look that a lot of the sites that they pointed to those, mm. um, like clear force where they had the list of their board, you know, they took all that shit down right after mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? So it's not like they, everything was wrong and, you know, but yeah. you know, you just cannot wrap it up in a crazy package with, with people like that. Uh, you, you know, right. I think when you're on this side, you have to be, impeccable you know um yeah like and, snowden was basically yeah, yeah i think they I mean, he never did anything snowden. wrong he was like <laughs> trying to beat literally like green beret you know yeah. broke both his legs in basic training like okay yeah, you know yeah. they're they're even uh trying to um here maybe i can prop this up a little bit so you can see me <laughs> uh yeah they even said something about snowden or tory did or something and anyway mm. um I'm talking about my boy Ed yeah, Snowden. I know he's going to get pardoned. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> yeah, there'll be another feather in the in Trump's cap for me. You know, hey man, that's maybe the one thing he could do that would actually earn my vote. Yeah, yeah, that's like the, literally the only thing he could do at this point that would. But if he did that, then then I might have to. Yeah.
I, so I, um, this was one day I, I was talking to my buddy and, and I, you know, just like the idea that the left is really outpacing the right right now um, for mm. awfulness. So uh, <laughs> I was just like, I, you know, this is more than any other election. I think I would consider it. Mm. Um, okay. And then he said, yeah, but you're in Georgia, so it doesn't matter. You don't even have to worry about it. You can just right, vote, yeah. vote libertarian and, you know, you're, and so you're, <laughs> Well, I don't want to give out your location. If you, I'm in a location where my vote also does not matter. Yeah, we'll so, just leave it at that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like my brother's in PA, so he's That's a big one. Yeah, he's a harder choice. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. I mean, still one vote doesn't really matter. But you know, hmm. uh, I yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, I guess uh, so. I do want to say one thing about. Alex Jones, because I, <laughs> so it's like all these conspiracy theories and, and I know, you know, you don't, I get I, that's, I get, I'll get down in the mud with them. So the rest <laughs> of you do not have to, I go rooting around in there, find out what's happening. Yeah. But I will say this, and I may have actually, I may just be repeating myself. I may have said this last week, but I think that all of those people, I don't care, Defango, Millie Weaver, this Lift the Veil is a is a big, is kind of an up and coming, you know, thing, whatever. Steve Altram, uh, some of these people I like, some of them I find very annoying, you know, whatever. Um, they all owe their entire existence to Alex Jones. Alex Jones, mm -hmm. he, he like... He blazed this trail that they're now walking down. It was a dense jungle, and he went through with a machete and carved it out, you know, now to the point, and obviously, like, technology as well, but he still showed how to use it, you know? He, yes. yeah, I mean, he, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, can you accuse him as, like, getting too far? The thing is, is he even describes himself as that whether know? or not that's a good thing depends on what he does with it though right right <laughs> so, but but you know like, like all these people my my point is like it's one thing for somebody like you that doesn't maybe dabble as heavily and certainly does not part isn't pumping out conspiracy theories you know regularly yeah, and it's yeah. not your job uh you know it's one thing for you to sort of say well i you know i i'm not gonna waste my time trying to like figure out what part of alex jones's message is accurate um mm -hmm. you know but for these people who it's like i mean they're not you know these i don't know you know super dependable sources of truth themselves um yeah. you know where are they getting and and i believe that somebody like alex jones might actually have like legitimate connections at this point you know he gets mm -hmm. information i mean just when you i'll tell you what when there is like a bit like the las vegas shooting that's the yeah. time to go to alex jones live feed because sure. he gets stuff ahead of all like you know you're gonna watch like defango you'll get it the next day, you know, after mm -hmm. Alex Jones says it. But anyway, I I have soft spot in my heart for Alex Jones. And hey. I think I, over, I always will, unless it turns out that he's like a legit deep state operative. Um, but <laughs> outside of that. It's it, good to have a few weirdos out there. Yeah, so yeah. I'll just say, like that's David the only thing Ike. I'll say. I even like David Icke, who thinks that like George Bush is a shape-shifting reptilian alien. Um, oh yeah. He says a lot of good okay. stuff about economics. That's what always, you know, kind of 
allows me to hang around. I think when somebody seems to, you know, get the value of the free market and freedom, it's like, well, you know, I mean, you may think that like George Bush is, is part lizard or something, but you know, or it makes you think maybe I'm wrong about it. If this guy's on my side, right? He's right about this. We on this. Maybe I just, you know, haven't looked at the same data or something. I don't, I don't know. What I was thinking the opposite. Maybe you're wrong about economics. If this oh, lizard head man, no. I, there is, <laughs> no doubt I'm right about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's a good point, right? The the left don't think about it too much. Yeah, the left doesn't um, really dabble in those types of conspiracy theories. They keep them like the grounded type, you know, like the Russia Gate mm. and and whatnot. Um, but not, you know, the, the post office that reason. I mean, what? Yeah, the- that's that's on the edge. That's on the edge. That would be really looked at crazy if it hadn't been proposed by so many mainstream people so yeah yeah and then did you see that bannon got arrested by a u.s post office like agent? yeah you that's tell- like a surreal salt in the wound i don't know what's going on there <laughs> that's one of these IAAs that Shadowgate's talking about man this is not <laughs> an accident there's no way man there's no way Mind they can, do occasionally go on these things. The timing is is suspicious. Yeah. I will say that. And it's like, why do they need this to begin with? I don't know. But yeah. these agencies do. But the thing is, like, what was unclear to me is whether or not that was an actual like post office investigation. Um, yeah, I don't. So I don't know. So, so I don't know if it was. If it was, then it makes a lot of sense that they were there. If it doesn't, then it's like weird. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And I, I don't get the whole, I mean, may, maybe you know more about it than me, but for me, I, I, I just don't understand how mail mail fraud or mail-in voting or whatever has any benefit to the right or the left. Like, is somehow the left, like, way more into mailing in voting and the right is way more into in-person voting? Or, like, why? The, the, the theory is that the easier you make it to vote, the more Democrat voters will vote. Democratic-leaning voters will vote. Uh-huh. And so the, the, that's the general idea. And so the, the, under this theory, it behooves the Republicans to suppress because their people tend to be more willing to go out and go to the polling places and be registered and things like that. And the people who are not voting but would tend to vote Democratic might not be registered or make it harder to go in maybe because they have like jobs they can't get time off this kind of stuff that's the basic idea oh boy seems like a I don't know weak if theory i don't yeah i don't actually know that i've ever seen any like good data on that but that is what pe- a lot of people believe i'm sure that you haven't <laughs> <laughs> um let me wet my whistle um Okay, well, I, that wasn't even planned. We're, we're we're already we're way off the rails. <laughs> yep. uh, so, oh, talking about the election, let's get it back on course right away. Topic two: Kamala Harris. Um, sure. I had so I thought that this was absurd, almost like joke level choice. Like, how could you pick like a cop? <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. in this like climate you know uh it seemed like the left was so hypocritical and like you wind up with a rich white man and like a cop and that that somehow (laughs) like the victory these social justice warriors got and the black lives matter and everything but i guess i kind of sat with it for a little while and now i kind of come around to it that it it 
I can, you know, at least make an argument that it was a good strategic move. Basically, it's just as simple as the radical left ain't voting for Trump, no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what. And they're more concerned about losing the center left to the to Trump. And this mm-hmm. kind of hits that center left and keeps them like there's no, you know, they got Biden and, and, and Harris. They're they're good to go, you know. They're not. I thought that same thing. Hmm. Yeah. Is was that your actual but, idea? Or no. But no so, oh. so the reason that that stopped making sense to me is because Harris's voting record is extremely left wing. Mm. I when she first was like a, a candidate, like running in the primaries, I said, "Oh, this is probably like a moderate type person," but that's not really her voting record at all. Huh. So that stopped making sense to me. But I can tell you. The theory that I heard proposed, this is by uh, Kevin Williamson on uh, him and Charles Cook. They're both from like National Review. They have a podcast. And he explained it, and I think that he is right about it. The basic idea is, so at first I said, well, Biden really wanted like a minority pick maybe to help him get more minority votes. But he already is really strong in African-American community. Like they're really pro-Biden strongly, I think largely because he was uh, – Barack Obama's vice president. Um, And so the pick of Kamala Harris didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then I realized, like, he's not trying to get a stronger African-American vote by picking Harris. He's trying to get a stronger white vote Mm. because the white people will feel bad about voting for an old white dude. Yeah. But if if he has Kamala Harris' first black woman who would be a vice president, then that's what you need to get the people who want to feel self-righteous to go and pull the lever for Biden. They can see they're part of a his. They're going to be part of a historic victory path. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the when you look at a Black Lives Matter protest in uh, Chicago. I, I saw some pictures or some video of it, and it's like ninety percent white. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like people uh, screaming in yeah. the face of black police officers yeah. are like these tripped out white people, yeah. and it's just like what is even happening here? Yeah, very, very. Very odd. So that's good. Those are two, two, um, I think legit, uh, theories. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I think that really Biden is, is Biden is the person that really drives the theory that I put forth. He's the established one that keeps the left center left in line. Um, and then Kamala, uh, I guess is a more appealing to the radical left and mm-hmm. maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If but it, and, but and they and would the have white, their own issue the there white, as a yeah. former prosecutor. Yeah, that's right. 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 So maybe, maybe they can pick it, off the, hold on. I had a question about this. Are never Trumpers Republicans that never wanted Trump, uh, mo- I think. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was the original like yeah. origin of the term. They were, they were Republican people who liked the party but didn't think because Trump wasn't a Republican. He wasn't a Republican until a couple of years before he ran under on the ticket. Like he has very few views that would have been like closely correlated with what used to be like Republican Party platform. Yeah. Um, I think he even I think he even talked about that recently mm -hmm. about 
being, you know, not being like a normal republic. Like he was basically saying, uh, ah, what was it? I think it was the prescription drug stuff. Who, what, once again, I still haven't looked into. Um, mm-hmm. But he was talking about that, and and uh, he was just saying like, ah, oh, you know, nobody, nobody would get this done. You know, nobody ever got this done. You know, mom had eight years, and they had all this time. You know, whatever. And he's whatever. And then he Bush. Was like even no other. Oh, the uh, the uh, prescription drug plan went under yeah. Bush. Yeah, that was a that was Bush's. So it's like the same. It's the same. Then that's exactly what Bush ran in as well. Like uh, Trump can say this all he wants, but like compassionate conservatism, like that was Bush's like original George W. Bush's original platform. Like, oh, Republicans are so mean, but yeah, I'm yeah. not. AKA, I will spend I will spend a shit ton of money. And he put, and George W. Bush also put steel tariffs on, if I recall correctly. So it's like protectionism and spending a lot of money. There's more similarities here between Bush and Trump policy-wise than I think a lot of people are willing to admit. Well, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, the only place that I can even see any real differentiation with Trump from anybody is is the Middle East. We still, you know, another week has passed and we still haven't had a new war. (laughs) <laughs> I almost want him to get voted out so he can lock that in as the, the first president in our lifetime to not start a war. A war. There you <laughs> go. Because he gets four more years. Who, who knows? You know, I mean, you you read, you know, you, you gave us the uh, report on Pompeo's book. Um, there's no yeah. way to predict what's going to happen. Book, yeah. Bolton. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe next next term it'll be Pompeo's book. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's hard to know which way he'll swing. I mean, I think that he's asserting himself more, but honestly, he's so like unpredictable and flighty that who the hell knows what he's going to do yeah, next. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's go back to Kamala because yeah, you uh, had a story, didn't you? Okay, so this is so this is so I said before that like she has kind of like a left wing voting record. This is I'm going to tell you about a bill that she proposed with uh, I believe it was Ed Markey and uh, Sanders. In, uh, I think it was May, okay? Mm-hmm. The bill was, this is a coronavirus relief bill, okay? $2,000 a month for every family member. So if you had a family of three, you would get $36,000 a year. It was retroactive to March and would last until, quote unquote, the pandemic was over, <laughs> whatever that means. So this year alone, if I assume that 80% of the population are under like the $120,000 a year cutoff, this would cost $5 trillion. <laughs> the government's entire budget for a year is about four. Okay, so this is 1.25 the entire budget on one bill to give $2,000 to every man, woman, child. Hell, I'm surprised it didn't include dogs, yeah. like <laughs> in, in, indefinitely into the future. So, like, when Ooh. I say she has like a kind of left wing voting record, like, <laughs> now you could say this is purely symbolic because obviously it would never pass, but like. That's it. Still matters, right? Like yeah. you're sponsoring a bill with Markey and Sanders that is completely bonkers. Yeah, I, I mean, five trillion. How how much have they spent? You can put, and I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the link too, so people think I'm making this up. This yeah. is a press release on their website. They're touting this. I'm oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Send it, send it in Signal if you can. Yeah, I'll um, send it right now. So, uh, well. I mean, they did just pass a two point five trillion dollar bill, right? What? Uh I don't remember what the most recent one was. 
I think oh, it was two point five trillion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was two and a half trillion. So I mean, it double the that thing is I can a say- lot. It, it, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm just saying that like the whole thing is pretty insane. You know. Yeah. Um, At least the bills they had passed up until now were uh, like unemployment relief. So at least it goes to people who are specifically out of work because the government has banned you from going to work. And at least there's like some logic there. This is just free money for everyone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm just adding it to the notes while we have it. Yeah. No problem. So that's just, it's craziness. So, you know, between those two things, you know, I feel like, People uh, talk a lot about her record as a prosecutor as well, but I don't know. I think it's pretty standard stuff for the time. Yeah, she was a pretty, like, strong drug warrior, but on some things, not as strong as others, uh, Mm -hmm. as others were. So, you know, it's like if you have a problem with her, you probably are going to have a problem with anyone who was a prosecutor in that same time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not a problem. It was just like a legit thing to be against as well. But right, uh, which is kind of the Black Lives Matter is pretty much a exactly all exactly. Cops that's are why it bastards, doesn't. I think is that that's what the right. ACAB means. Uh, that is yes, yeah, yeah. Which yes. you know, which is so it's so funny. It's it's so funny that it's like. I mean, I've do these people not have about, any in their family yeah, or what? I like mean, I don't understand. I, yeah, I. <laughs> it's so weird. Um I, you know, like I've talked about this topic over the last year or so doing this podcast various times about war on drugs and police and, Mm -hmm. you know, gun violence and all this stuff, you know, and no matter how, what I think about all this and how much I am opposed to the current setup, like never once did it cross my mind to just say all cops are bastards. (laughs) Like, it's just never it's, even... It's, pretty, it's the end right there. It's like, you can't say anything else after that. Yeah, it, it's like, obviously that's incorrect, you know? I mean, there's, yeah. it's just, it's silly. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know who first started describing that we are living in the upside down, but I think about it. I, I just, I mean, every day, I, I don't know. I'm just hoping at some point it will think about this at some point, you know, it will turn around. It will reach its peak and start to go on a decline. Um, but in our well, lifetime, I, have we witnessed it, that? Has, has uh, this kind of like liberal march of the United States I was born in 77. I mean, what, we'll just start with Reagan. I think, I think so. I think, I think that, I mean, it, you got to remember in the, in, the, in the 60s, there was like bombings on a semi-regular basis on university mm. campuses. And there was massive like race riots in numerous cities. So, yeah, I think that it was probably yeah. <laughs> it, by some objective standards more wild then and then took a step back. And now it takes, a, you know, some steps forward. Mm. That might be a nice thing for us to do in an episode like that, because that would be something that might really give some, I don't know, take heart, you know, non-psychopaths. And there was a huge, there was a huge flu pandemic too. So, you know, we could take a slice of a few years of the sixties and just be like, ah, you know, 2020 seems really insane, but you know, we've seen similar things before. 
I know on the surface, you know, Reagan was supposed to be, you know, this this return of, I don't know, all things good and conservative. But, you know, mm. he just launched the the age of the neocon more than anything, I, I think. Um, yeah, to some extent. But it was a big step back from where we were before that. So you have to, like, kind of look at it in comparison to, like, where we were at the time. Um because it's not like Carter was like opposed to doing foreign adventurism completely. Right, uh, right. So, I mean, I'm not going to hold myself out as an expert here, but no. yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it might be interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't want to say like a whole lot. I mean, yeah. I don't know. For instance, Republicans before Reagan did they mm-hmm. did they increase the budget a whole lot, or were they actually conservative fiscally? Who knows? They were a much weaker. They were a much weaker party up until then. I mean, the Democrats had control of the House and the Senate for you know decades oh. uh, after, uh, basically after you know uh, Eisenhower was out of office. Um, they had control of both houses for a very long time. Um, so you, people talk about, oh, there's a big rise in partisanship. It's like, well, yeah, because the other side didn't have much power for a long time. Hmm. Um, so that's another aspect of it that's just gets ignored a lot. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe we should just become Republicans. <laughs> hey, and I was, I was, the only balance. I was, I, I was registered to vote for Rand Paul. I could pull the lever for him so I could vote for him in the primary and registered, but then I switched it back to libertarian after that. Yeah. Um, I, so I registered Republican and voted for Ron Paul. And then mm-hmm. I joined, this was like, I think 2008. And then I joined, um, the campaign for Liberty. That was like Ron Paul's mm-hmm. post, uh, election thing. And I actually became a delegate in the local Republican party. <laughs> <laughs> So okay. I, I live in, you know, in, in Atlanta, like in the city, very, very liberal. So we show yeah. up to um, like your your county uh, has some like preliminary thing where basically, you know, if you want to be a delegate, you show up and then each district breaks off and you can elect several positions like secretary and whatever there's like yeah. there was four of them i don't remember what this was but anyway so you know republican party in in uh dekalb county i this might have been mm-hmm. Fulton. i don't know anyway you know it's not exactly the 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 epicenter um you know we're in john lewis <laughs> uh well we were we've uh we're yeah, in john right. lewis territory so we we go and we get we finally get split off and we go into our room and there's just four of us so it's sort of a joke you know it's kind of funny it was like well who wants to be this like who wants to be that like, and then we were talking and then we and then at some point we realized literally all of us were Ron Paul people that's why we were there. <laughs> people cared enough to come <laughs> so we uh yeah we we. I remember I was thinking we started kind of building up a little bit of, of, you know, hope or something like, hey, like maybe like the Ron Paul Republicans can actually have some influence in the city. 
in yeah. cities in general, like that's where we're going to be. Yeah. Ron Paul, you know, any, anyway. So yeah. I showed up to one big meeting where we were voting and that was it. I couldn't take it. It was so <laughs> awful. It was just like this gross politics. Everybody hated us. Like there was all this <laughs> like, you know, manipulation to try to like make it so we, our people couldn't talk and like, you know, whatever. So I just bailed out. But anyway, I was a mm. delegate in the Republican party at one point. Yeah. That's pretty serious. Um, yeah. So, well, well, I like Justin Amash a lot, but now he's gone too. So there's basic, there's very few people left there hey, that about, I have. Uh, is, is Massey a Republican? He is, and he is good as well. Yeah, um, he, he was quite. I've heard him um, recently. I, I really liked him. He uh, was the one that was put, trying to push for the the pardon for Snowden. So, oh, here we go. Yeah. So you know, I like him. Yeah, that's and that's one of the the funny things about Trump is he does kind of have that weird, like wild card aspect to him that he might just listen to Thomas Massey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yeah. that was, you know, McCain, I mean, you know, no. Yeah. Yeah. Massey, you, you know, you, you might, I mean, you have no say ever, like ever. And obviously yeah. Trump like talks to Rand, you know, or, mm-hmm. or at least he at does. times, I don't, I don't know exactly what well, that's a ha- half of our, I'd say a fifth of Bolton's book was complaining about Rand Paul. Like every, oh, every 10 beautiful. pages, it was like, and then Rand Paul came in and messed everything up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as much as people like shit on Rand and, and yeah. uh, libertarians, if you are occupying that much of John Bolton's yep. mind, like you, you're doing something <laughs> right, you know, you're you're yeah. you know, it may not result in anything, but it looks like it has, right? What if Rand Paul wasn't yeah. there? Would would we exactly. have invaded Iran? Maybe, Maybe, you know, would we have like be ramping up troops somewhere or the Syria thing? I mean, I would say that's the the bigot, right? It's hard to say with Iran because you're talking about something that didn't happen. It just sort of felt like mm. it was bound to, to happen. Um, the Syria is probably the most concrete and I guess Afghanistan. But I mean, Syria is like a total 180. Like we're basically not in there, right? Or I don't remember the, the we latest. Have, we have a very limited presence. I'm trying to remember. Like I remember what was in the book, but I don't remember if anything has happened after that. I know they were going to keep basically... It was a real like uh, shell game where he said he wanted them all out, and then they were like, "Oh, but but this other thing," and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah," because he clearly had no idea what they were talking about, and so they like kept some troops there for a while. That it seems like he didn't know what they were talking. Trump didn't understand what his advisors were talking about. <laughs> hmm. uh, so I think that we have at least one small base like near the border of Iraq there, uh, but I don't know how many troops it has. So but we have uh, nothing nothing up near Turkey, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, the pointless quality of... Uh, I'm looking at antiwar.com to see uh, U.S. stealing Syrian oil and gas. Uh, Syrian, it's talking about Russia, warplanes targeting mm-hmm. ISIS. So that, I mean, that's like the main thing, right? Like we've sort of just allowed Russia to kind of go after ISIS that's there. Um, a couple of neat anti-war dot com headlines which i can i can read the article if they interest you they're, they're normally very short u.s troops withdraw from major iraqi base uh, and underneath which it, one is that uh i can i can look yeah. but the sub uh, underneath says trump and an iraqi prime minister are talking u.s pullout but they are mum on the details mm. Mm. how about that how about that 
Um, yeah. And something else. Do you know anything about Molly? M-A-L-I, not the drug like Molly. Uh, apparently there's I know, some coup. I, the element uh, mo- molybdenum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not believe. Anyways, this is Molly coup leader, a U.S. trained military officer. Uh, but I don't even know mm. is Molly uh, a country? <laughs> oh, M-A-L-I, you're saying yeah, the country. M, yeah, yes. M, that. My, yeah. <clears throat> okay. The US, not molybdenum. No. And no, not no. a Molly pack, which is like I, some kind of military backpack, but the and, country oh, Molly. Right, right, right. <laughs> and not Molly, like the ecstasy thing, too. That's the, right. The There's yeah. so many. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to avoid that little minefield of a topic. Uh, so U.S. troops withdraw from major Iraqi base. The U.S.-led coalition in Iraq has withdrawn the last of its forces from Camp Taji, a base near Iraq's capital, Baghdad. That has mm. been the target of recent rocket attacks. The coalition handed control of the base Iraqi security force along with $347 million in military equipment. So is that the base that in question that all the Iran stuff was happening around? I don't remember. Because they're saying Iraq, uh, I mean, uh, rocket attacks. Um, I know. I, I know that's what was happening previously, but I don't remember the name yeah. of the base specifically. But this still isn't the big one, right? Like the green zone or whatever. It, uh, do we still have that going in Baghdad? Mm, you know, you got me a little unprepared. I think yeah. that we do have main base in Baghdad with the airport, but I don't remember which yeah. what the name of it is. Well, I like you coming in here and not knowing what to expect. So <laughs> get used to it. Wasn't the green zone like bigger than the Vatican or something? <laughs> I think <laughs> sounds plausible. Yeah, I think it's like the, the largest base in the world. Anyway, well, that how about I mean, you talk. I mean. Fuck Biden, man. Like, if this dude is pulling out of Iraq and Afghanistan is basically has us out of Syria, like, you, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Because I feel like he's very able to be duped into doing stupid stuff, too. So, you know, yep. maybe they'll yeah. have some gas attack on somebody and then, uh, mm-hmm. You know, but he's, I mean, despite all that, he's managed to like keep putting one foot slowly in front of the other. Um, I mean, I feel like yeah. I remember kind of digging the North Korea stuff that seems to be getting a little tenuous now. Um, that was a real shit show. Uh, <laughs> it was basically nothing, nothing went anywhere because, you know, his view was that personalities can make these deals happen, but. The reality is that North Korea is happy to sign whatever deal is put in front of them as long as they get something now and they have to give something later because mm-hmm. they never give what they're supposed to. And this is the part where like Bolton is like he's 100 percent correct in that like this is hang thing has happened over and over and over again with Clinton, with Bush, uh, I think with Obama and now with Trump, where it's just like they will agree to anything as long as they get sanctions relief now. And they don't have to do anything else until later. So um, Uh, there's not much hope there unless he actually dies, which was like some wacky TMZ headline said that he had a. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I guess he didn't die. I I forgot. I eventually just kind of forgot. No, that was weeks ago. There's another one just today. Oh, really? (laughs) They said that he had like a went to the hospital or something. (laughs) But no one believes it. <laughs> so John Brennan was interviewed for eight hours today as part of Durham's review of the Russia probe. I'm not even sure who Durham okay. is. I don't remember. 
But anyway, eight hours. Gemini Christmas. That's a long interview. Yeah. Yeah, can we split this up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that seems like a, at least a two-day um, thing. Anyway, uh, and and I and you know who was talking about it? Tori. Uh, Tori says from the Shadowgate people. I I actually heard that first from her. So she was, yeah, her whole thing. I can't believe they haven't arrested people yet, like because of her documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we're 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 pretty. You know, let let let's pick something. You want to go? Let's just hit hit coronavirus. Um, you wanted to talk about something called the long haulers. So why don't we? Yeah, let's tap let's on just that? Clo- let's close on this. So with cases going down and deaths also uh, turning over in almost all the states that had a strong second wave. Um, if you're a cynical person, you'll be looking out to the horizon for like the next thing to keep the level of panic high. Um, and it has arrived. Um, it's called the, the COVID long haulers. And there is a uh, article in the Atlantic, a very uh, respectable magazine uh, in general, but with some crazy articles from time to time. And this is, I think one of those uh, COVID long haulers is just a shorthand for people who had COVID a while ago and uh, have or reportedly have symptoms, you know, months after they have nominally recovered and mm-hmm. test negative. More on that later. So the basic idea is even if cases are low and deaths are low, this virus is so dangerous in ways that don't even show up in the number of people killed by it. But people are going to have, you know, lifelong injuries from it. And you heard hints of this before, but now they've got a term to go along with it. And when when a phenomenon gets a name, that's when you got to really start to watch mm-hmm. out because that is kind <laughs> of like it sticks it in people's brains. Yeah. And so, like, you know, we'll, we'll include a link to this Atlantic article in it. But yeah, I, I do are, have that. OK, there are basically no statistics in the article. There is nothing you would get out of the article where at the end you would say, I feel better informed and able to evaluate like what fraction of people who get COVID suffer these kind of long-term symptoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, it's, you know, get another article in that vein, which we've talked of in the past. It's like, what am I supposed to learn reading this? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, I, I read, I read through it and it, it seemed pretty crazy. Like it, it was talking about like one specific person, a lot of yes. Just, yes. And it was like, well, all this stuff she's experiencing, is it because of the coronavirus? Like, is it because of COVID-19? Like, do you even know? Like, what was she like before, you know? Right. I mean, they talked There's about, a- they, they claimed she had swelling arteries. Yes. I, I, now, there are there is, like, a big German paper about, like, inflammation in the heart long after. But, like, this is a thing that can happen with other diseases. And so it's kind of dangerous to talk about if you want to inform people, unless you have like a comprehensive view of the literature and can say, to what extent is this common among like yeah. moderately sick people later on? Because normally like if someone gets the flu, even if they're sick for two weeks, really bad, they don't go in to have their heart looked at afterwards. So, right. you know, to what extent is this normal? But but there's some other things about the paper that should really like set you off where they describe in the article like a number of people, which they don't quantify again, but number of people who have tested negative for COVID, both in PCR tests and for antibodies, and yet are fully convinced that they have it 
because why? Because they have some cold or flu-like symptoms at some point in the past and feel sick now. And the article accuses their doctors of, quote unquote, gaslighting them by saying, you know, maybe you didn't have COVID. The, the, the notion being like, if a patient comes to you and said, I had COVID, like you should believe them without any proof. Like that's not medicine at all. That's right. just crazy. Yeah. Um, and gaslighting, if like you're fortunate enough to not know what this means, is <laughs> basically trying to drive someone crazy by like confusing them yeah. about what's real or not. I think it's one of the, my two most hated phrases, gaslighting yeah. and dog whistle. That's right. <laughs> I worst. bet you these people never, yeah. go ahead. It, it, they, they, both, they basically both are used to take an argument and defeat it but without actually supplying a counter argument. It's essentially exactly. the, yes. the role. It's just to say, oh, it's basically just saying wrong. <laughs> like <Yeah>. you're lying. <laughs> Something like I, I don't right. I don't really know. There's no there's no actual value in it. Yeah. And in the gaslighting, it's sort of like it's offensive for you not to believe me, take me at face value what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, which is a very strange tack to take. And, right. and the article undercuts itself by going to those arguments. And like it literally draws comparisons itself between these long haulers and people with chronic fatigue syndrome. Now, chronic fatigue is this kind of controversial thing where there's no test for it, but there's a certain subset of people who feel like they have they have this illness over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And doctors, because they have no tests for it, you know, disbelieve the patient or gaslight them into saying like, maybe this is just in your head. And you have to take that as a realistic possibility because certainly physical symptoms can be made manifest by people's like anxiety about their physical state. Like oh, that is yeah. just a fact. Like uh -huh. there's no one that doubts that in the abstract. And yet if you talk about these specific cases, it's considered wrong or offensive to present it as a possibility that, so if we had, if we've had 30 million cases of COVID in the country, which is certainly possible at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, in fact, it's, it's, you could even say it's likely at this point uh, that some fraction of those people are going to suffer either in the long term, like maybe from something that's real or maybe just from the anxiety. I mean, look at how our whole society has been transformed. It's totally because that and that fraction is going to be of the whole population, what fraction of people are going to see their entire society shut down and go indoors for months and not suffer from some degree of anxiety? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's totally plausible. And the article puts it forth like, if you think this, then you are doing something wrong by these patients. And so it's the article was devoid of any like intellectual content. It was like emotional bullying start to finish. Um, this, the one stat they had in it that said up to, I think it was 5% of patients at uh, Mount Sinai they thought had symptoms long-term, but up to 5% doesn't mean anything. Like if you're tracking the number, then you have a number. There might be some uncertainty around it, some error bars, but it's 5% or it's 8% or it's 10% or it's 1%. And this part, I think, is confirmed that the one guy who was quoted and give that stats is not actually an MD. I think he's actually a physical therapist. <laughs> so it's like not the physical therapists don't interact with patients, but right. they're not exactly qualified to say whether or not like you have symptoms commensurate with like a specific viral illness. Yeah. I mean, they're not doctors. 
right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, I've, been, right. I've, I've actually worked with a lot of physical therapy. I mean, like had knee injuries and stuff. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure they knew more about the medical sciences than I do, but you know, mm-hmm. so does a nurse. And I think it would be so, sort of funny if they were quoting a nurse here. Exactly. It just it wouldn't be the right source. And there's no original. Re- so like, this is one of like the, magazines that has like a tremendous amount of resources to do deep dives into these right. things like yeah. they could have done a good investigation say so just let's just like pick a hundred pick 200 people who have had covid and interview them get your own number out of it like it's not that hard to get a number that's a few percent with a couple percent uncertainty and like say this is the number for yourself right yeah yeah, yeah. um even among hospitalized patients do it. That way you can say, like, these people definitely had it. They had the positive test. We know when they had it. And they had a severe case. Like, what mm. fraction of them had it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, and so, basically, to me, it reads, like, more fear-mongering. Just getting set up for, like, the next stage of, like, the, the yeah. fights that will ensue over whether or not it's safe to open up or not. Yeah. Yeah, I had another, uh, my, my weekly talk with my mom today. <laughs> I feel like it sort of sets up some topics for me normally here. Um, but yeah, she was asking about um, the second infection stuff. If we've, if uh, is anything's come out, you know, about mm-hmm. that. And, and I was like, you know, I, I was like, think about this, right? Like there are people that have gotten chicken pox twice, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very rare. We don't right. worried about that. It's like a thing, right? That's not like a thing. It's just, it happens. So I was just like, they haven't even come up with one person yet. But like you're saying, right. millions and millions of people get it. Yeah, I mean, maybe somebody didn't actually develop the antibodies or the T-cell, you know, whatever, you know. Right. Maybe their immune system wasn't that great and, and, you know, they get it again. But it just still doesn't, you know. I, I was like, I really feel like something like this that would be such an outlier. It, the onus of proof is really on that, on showing right. a multi, some sort of substantial number of people getting reinfected. And then, yeah, maybe we got to start to rethink the whole way we live. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, but even it, yeah, I mean, if it was 1%, though, that wouldn't change things at all. Mm-hmm. And it's not that high because yeah. if you look at some places like New York City, where like tremendous fractions of the population definitely got it, like between 25 and 60% of the people probably were exposed. Like there was ample opportunity for reinfection if it could present like on a, if immunity decayed over a few months times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so we would probably know it by now and you can't say the possibility is zero, but it's not going to be a strong driver of the, epidemiology going forward except on like multi-year time scales maybe but that would have nothing to do with the information we collected so far um and and, you know usually for these things the immunity lasts uh, you know a couple years maybe two or three Mm. and you know there's new flu strains every year too but not everyone gets it right right but it's out there yeah uh so why doesn't everyone get the flu every year pat why i don't know i I, I know I got the flu once when I was 18 <laughs> and it was, it was brutal. Once. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. I was sick for like two weeks. I yeah. lost 20 pounds. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was like really sick. That's why when people are like, oh, this is way worse than flu. It's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what kind of flu you had. But I mean, <laughs> I feel like if I yes, was 80 I- years old, that would have taken me out. You know, I would have been tough to live through. Or if I was a baby. I, 
<laughs> I remember having it once and I had a similar experience where it was quite bad for a while. Um, yeah. I couldn't afford to lose 20 pounds, but, yeah. uh, well, yeah. I was pretty skinny back then. I was actually, I went from, I'm the same height I am now. I was 155 by the, by the end of the flu, I was 135. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little, little skinny guy there, you know, so I've, 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 uh, I've gained it all back and then, you know, another like 60 pounds on top of that now. Just say it's protective. Yeah, yeah. It's just in case I get the flu. I just, you know, I just don't <laughs> want to be in, in a dangerous position. So um, so we had a little bit more COVID stuff, but um, I think that that will still be fine for next week. I just yeah, wanted absolutely. to, yeah, I did just want to mention one thing. I saw a guy named Chris Spangle uh, from We Are Libertarians. It's a podcast. And um, he went on the Dave's. Dave Smith's part of the problem podcast mm -hmm. this week for a bit of a debate. I think it was more of uh, an olive branch type thing as there is a lot of infighting in libertarian world between so-called left and right libertarians. And yeah. I would, I'd essentially, I, I think the difference would be, well, I think a left libertarian focuses a lot on the sort of social justice warrior type things. They very strongly align with with identity politics and, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter. Now they, they are more and more trying to make the distinction between the movement and the organization. And so now they'll start mm. to use hashtag law lowercase BLM to refer to the movement mm. instead of the... <laughs> You know, um, the but, communist organization, right? Yeah, the like straight up communist. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> and you know, I mean, like we we certainly joined with the left on anti-war stuff back, you know, when Bush was, uh, you know, when Bush was president, and then the left had to exit stage left once Obama got elected. They could no longer be anti-war, but you know, then mm -hmm. we were just alone by ourselves. So. So I don't know, maybe if they elected like an actual KKK person to the Democratic <laughs> ticket, like we would be the only ones left fighting for racial <laughs> justice, I guess. But I don't know. I don't see that happening. But who knows? I didn't see the Democrats championing the CIA coming either. I, I know. Never know. I just didn't see that flip happening. You know what I mean? Like Threw you a curveball with oh, that one. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Uh, again, the upside down. Total upside down. Um, mm -hmm. But it's so... So this Chris Spangle came on and, they, you know, it was a bit around. So there was a couple of things like Joe Jorgensen has tweeted like a couple of particularly kind of questionable tweets about uh, supporting Black Lives Matter. And 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 then she also made reference to a company. She was trying to make the argument um, that the free market can sort of solve racism, like leave it to, to just free people, which you know, cool. Right. You know, but I, I also, I also kind of feel like I might be a little disingenuous. Like, I, I mean, I think what it allows you is like to associate with people that aren't racist, but it also allows people that want to have like a whites only store to do that. You know, now mm -hmm. her argument would probably be that that would probably fail in the market. That would be a bad thing because, you know, and might be right, but I, you know, I feel like you're just, Whatever. It's fine. I, you know, I, I agree policy wise on what you, you know, is, is sort of talking about. But then she 
seemingly applauded a company for firing a woman for typing all lives matter in her Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Um, And she got fired from her job for that. And it seemed as if she was sort of praising it. And so Dave, this was another one. And Dave and a lot of people came down hard. And then another one was a Spike Cohen post, which I actually, I believe, commented on on Facebook, where he talked about uh, that the number of trans people that have been murdered this year already is equal to the total number last year. So meaning there's a big increase. But that number Mm -hmm. is 25. Um, Mm -hmm. So first of all, you know, don't do statistics on numbers as small as 25. (laughs) Yeah, not with that error bars. You got to know that. Right, right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, So but in general, even if you don't know what the error bars, if the only thing you're seeing and you got 25 samples, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to, you know, maybe not be too great. But anyway, um, so he makes he he claims that this is the beginning, and I, I'm not exaggerating. This is like an actual this is verbatim quote out of my head, but this is exactly he claimed this was we are seeing the beginning of a trans genocide in our country. This is Spike Cohen. This is the vice president oh, of the libertarian, right? That's... And Spike is very good outside of this one area like yeah like i feel like he could probably run circles around dave smith when it comes to like the austrian theory anarchy you know whatever like he's Mm. he's on it and then he just got this one thing and i don't know if they I, i don't know how you can become that inaccurate when you're so solid but it's sort of like the reptilian shape-shifting uh, opinions of David Icke when he does hold pretty libertarian ideas. I think I'm referencing yeah. a conversation we had before we were recording. Uh, sorry, that <laughs> yes, was I- confusing. Um, but you know, your point was that um, maybe uh, maybe it makes us rethink our positions if you can be so crazy. <laughs> but I mean, right? It's just totally absurd. A, 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 a trans genocide is 25 it's- people. I mean, this is that's the right. Most it's, trans- it's, it's, it's totally crazy. Yeah, it's the opposite of what's happening too. It's the most trans friendly yes. the United States has ever been in the history of the United States right now. You know? Yep. I mean, come it's on. It's crazy. You just, you, it's crazy. But you just gotta at some point you gotta say, well, he gets a few. He gets to say a few crazy things. I'm not gonna write him off for one crazy thing. Yeah. So let's see if it's a let's see if it's a trend. Uh, you're allowed to be crazy on one or two topics. Yeah. And it, I mean, if you can't vote for Jorgensen and Spike Cohen, I mean, you're basically left with just like writing your own name in on the ballot. Like, I don't exactly. I don't know exactly. Where. It's like <laughs> these people may have problems, but it's at some point you, then you're just saying like, well, no one's going to meet my standard. OK, you know, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you want somebody like I would say that Ron Paul is like a 99 percent match, whereas maybe Spike and Jojo are. Mm. 85%. I don't know. Right. I, I mean, I'm not even sure if that's true. It may even be higher because, again, when you get down to like what they would actually do, I don't know that Spike Cohen would do anything different than Ron Paul, you know? Yep. Like, I mean, and maybe he may, uh, you know, whatever. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, do you think do you think Spike is going to pass some like hate crime legislation? I don't think so. No. So it's like he's allowed to have weird views if as long as he's not going to like use the power of government to impose some uh, repercussions on us for his delusions. Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, that was, I remember they were trying to attack Ron Paul and saying he was racist, which I thought was pretty baseless because it was, it was based on like something that somebody else had written that was in a newsletter of mm-hmm. his that, you know, I mean, it, it was like, okay. I mean, granted, that's not great, but you at least have to show me one thing this dude has ever said that's mm-hmm. racist. Like at yeah. least once one thing that he penned himself that he did, you know, like there's literally nothing. So I didn't buy it. But even if he was a racist, one of the points to defend him was like, okay, but it doesn't really, that's kind of the nice thing about being a libertarian is it kind of doesn't matter. Cause he's not going to be like, it's not going to affect his choices with, with legislation. Uh, so that doesn't really play it. A role in it is yeah his personally held views are going to less influence like his actions in the office than your generic republican yeah. or democrat so yeah and i guess i'd have to look back at the post because honestly i got i'm not really sure what the point of his post was because when you keep you kind of keep getting down to like okay i sure I, well i don't believe there's a trans genocide but i do believe that african americans in the united states have a real have have on on uh, average, a uh, much tougher time than you know Caucasian Americans for the you know um, mainly because they're in these sort of poor, violent inner city areas, uh, mm-hmm. or, or mainly you know that that's my you know my take on it. And um, so in that case, it's like sure you can point that out, but what are you saying to do? And and in our in you know and Joe Jorgensen said this. I mean she, this is where. I think she, she's right. And this is, to me, this is what you got to stress. It's like, don't try to suck up to the left. These radical lefties are not voting for you ever. Mm-hmm. Like you have much more of a chance to me right now to pull like from the right. You, you just, you're not going to get this left. Uh, they're, they're out. They're out. They're so out to lunch right now. Um, but we actually do. Well, maybe have she's saying it because she believes it, not because she's trying to suck up to anyone. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, it it does matter, though. Right. Like um, I. It's like she it wants matters. To, I don't I just it's, align it's, with the movement that is extreme. That is that has been very violent. That that's the problem yeah. is that she's yeah, is. aligning with a violent like that is that's the issue. It's like they're destroying private property. They're assaulting people and they're killing people like so I just like just stick to like qualified immunity ending the war on drugs like say the things right. you know like i i don't know anyway well, that's the problem with twitter it's like i think in any normal circumstances she would say like if you were having a conversation with someone and they said what she said then you would say exactly what you just said back like well aren't they like you know destroying neighborhoods or whatever and she'd yeah. have to like justify her belief that's not how twitter works and right. that's why it melts your brain yeah it's and- everybody everyone's you see 120 characters your brain goes crazy because, you know, you get angry at the person for saying something so stupid. Right. But, you know, Maybe they would they would, pro- they would probably walk back if they had anybody challenging them in a way that wasn't like shrieking mobs, like coming out of the darkness, <laughs> which is basically what Twitter is. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, you know, um, that was one place that the Chris Spangle and Dave Smith sort of agreed with is that probably the biggest issue with Joe Jorgensen is she's not great in messaging. Mm-hmm. She gets a little sloppy in interviews and they were both sort of concerned about, about this. Um, mm-hmm. now the Spike Cohen thing I felt like was a little bit 
I mean, it just seemed inaccurate. It's like, well, sure. I mean, you can yeah. want trans people to feel good and stuff, but uh, I don't know. But that that idea <laughs> has been floating around though for like a month, uh, at least months now, really since last year. Um, that there is this big uptick in those killings, and you know, it's a thing that some people believe. Yeah, I just I haven't seen any great evidence. That's yeah, all I can and say he presented that was another thing. It's like, look, Facebook, you don't have limits. You know, you're coming out with this big time post you obviously care about. Like, can't you cite anything? You cite he cites right. nothing. There's no sources. Right. There's no. How do we know? Like, the implication is that all 25 of these trans people were killed by you know, cisgender hate crime people. Uh, but Because they are trans. That's the, the implications, yeah. of course, that it was because, and not just because there's a certain number of people who are trans right. and a certain number of people who get murdered every year. So what is the number you would expect if there was no hate? That's right. like yeah. the baseline. What's that number? Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the tens. Yeah. Because now, my, my there are 330 million people in this country. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and a lot of murders. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there's way more trans people identifying as trans now than there were in, in the past. So those numbers are yeah. just going to go up. Um, now, this, he isn't trans. But exactly, that, a, could, explain, that yeah. could explain the trend by itself, right? Yeah. If, if people feel more free because it, it isn't as bigoted to come out, well, then the number that are dead is going to go up naturally on its own, even without there being any animus out there. Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, the only anecdotal and this isn't he's not trans, but I had a, a gay, a really good friend of mine from high school growing mm -hmm. up and he was murdered, uh, but not for being gay. He, mm. well, I mean, in a in a sort of weird way, maybe he was, but he was murdered by another gay man. Mm -hmm. He's murdered by his boyfriend's ex. Yeah. You know, killed him. And, uh, yeah. But, you know. Like uh, how many of those 25 trans people were killed by other trans people? Like, I don't know. And, sure, then, and it's sure. kind of like, yeah, like that's kind of what I mean when, you, you know, every, every one of those murders starts is 4%, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's tough when you're only dealing with 25 because uh, the numbers can get swayed. Like, you know, what if, uh, that's right. I don't know, somebody had walked into a trans bar and just like opened fire. Uh, they, right. they, oh my God! I mean, one incident could could uh, you know change everything. Anyway, but at so. least at least that would be a real incident of someone doing something right. specifically Unless for that reason. They were in the wrong place, <laughs> and they thought they were yeah. in the Trump bar, and they by accident they meant to kill a bunch of Trump <laughs> Trump never Trumpers, but they uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> everybody gets it. I think. Um, so yeah, and the, the the other funny thing about this this debate or whatever was i i really felt like almost the entire time it was chris pointing out things that dave had said and dave tr basically having to defend them but there was never once that dave pointed out anything that chris ever said <laughs> mm. you know what i mean like he never won and and it shows that like to me like this i the idea and one of basically chris's thesis is that dave's Dave is a smart guy and Dave does like a really good job. You know, his his problem with JoJo's tweets and, you know, Spike mm -hmm. Cohen's posts are very grounded, you know, similar to kind of like what, you know, what we've been saying. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it that's it's fine. 
And, and he's like, yeah, that's like fine. He's like, I'm not saying you have to like agree with them, but he's claiming that like Dave Smith sort of like his followers aren't as tactful. And they're basically like this angry mob on Twitter that is swarming him and he claim or, or the lefties, you know, swarming the left libertarians and it's making it unattractive to be a libertarian. Like his, his, his thesis is like, we want more libertarians and your followers are making it, you know, uncomfortable and you know, whatever. So I actually went and he, he specifically made, and on multiple occasions, he specifically talked about when the We Are Libertarians page, or maybe he was referring to his own Twitter account or whatever, mm-hmm. but when they post sort of post uh, pro Joe Jorgensen things, um, that they, he was like, we literally get, you know, there'll be hundreds of, of comments from, you know, the, the, these kind of right libertarian trolls and just, you know, all this like kind of racist stuff or what, you know, whatever. So I went and looked on their account. They average less than one comment per post. Go look at, go look at, we are libertarians or go look at Chris Spangle. Once I saw that, it was like, cause he seems like a, you know, intelligent guy is cogent. You know, I I could see some of it. It's like, it was making me think like, Hey, let let me think about this a little bit. Like maybe there is a perspective here and maybe it'll make life a little bit easier for all of us. And then you go, look, I mean, it literally like nobody comments on anything they post ever. And it was just like, well, I mean, what what is this whole thing about? Like, you come on his show to talk to him. You are taking everything that he said, you know, yeah. like you're a problem. And he doesn't even know what the fuck you say, dude. And that's his, that's his <laughs> main point. He was like, who is the main recruiter for the Libertarian Party? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Ron Paul, Tom Woods, Dave Smith, you know, these are the people that are bringing people on and you guys are go and you guys are like going after them when it's like, mm-hmm. how many people have you brought to the party, Chris Spangle? And out of the left, I hope that's actually his name. I just had a moment that like maybe his last name isn't Spangle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Spangler, you know, and Spangler is probably one of the most popular lefties in the Libertarian Party. Uh, You know, like you look like he at least has like thousands of followers and we are libertarian. But apparently nobody interacts with anything you say. So, you know, do you you even really have that? Because I have two Twitter accounts that have thousands of followers. One (laughs) is real. One, I made a website for finding programming tutorials in Swift, and I have I made a Twitter account associated with it, and I used to tweet out when people would add new tutorials and stuff, and I have thousands of people follow that account, you know? And yeah. I then I made a music website about whatever, and I was trying out uh, one of these, like, you can buy followers to see what that looks like. And I have, like, <laughs> thousands of followers for, like, five bucks. So I'm not saying We Are Libertarians did that, but if you have 8,000 followers and you get zero likes and zero comments on all of your posts, or maybe there's one like, you know, I'm telling you, they are averaging less than one comment a post. Uh, you think he paid the five dollars? I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure he didn't, but um, you heard it uh, here first. Pat yeah, says he's they're yeah. all bots. <laughs> I'm gonna get that Defango on on the case and see what he can find. Um, <laughs> yes, and I I tell you, man, these fake followers, it, they're pretty good. They like it's not super obvious that they're not real. Like you would have to you would have I, to go look. Just saying. 
dude, I'm telling you, now that you got GPT-3, I don't know if you've ever seen any of its output, you could make the best bots, forum trolls, fake people you could ever imagine. This whole thing is going to blow up soon without like some everyone being somehow verified. <laughs> what is it? What did you say? BPT? The GPT-3. GPT-3 is the latest uh, open AI. Oh. Uh, open AI, I don't know what you call it, like a construct. You know, they trained it for tens or hundreds of thousands of hours on thousands of NVIDIA GPUs, and it's got a billion parameters <laughs> or something. But you can look at some of its output. It's truly incredible. GPT-2, I was impressed with. 3 has some really, really amazing stuff. Is it text it clears- or pictures yeah. too? Or- and it's so, text. So you just combine that with that thing that makes fake people, and then have you seen that? So basically, yeah, I mean, I would... Uh, the There's thing that a, makes oh the the images the image yes the people's yeah. faces yes nerd, yeah that would nerd. be super easy to make tons of fake Twitter people that way <laughs> the thing there is that it can make replies to things that oh actually make God. sense so the, the I you know I saw a few professors that were like hey this is almost as good as some like so, uh, freshman uh, undergraduate work that I've seen <laughs> so so yeah we could do a whole thing on that it's a, it's yeah. really amazing but like. It's uh, I, you could easily make some some totally believable bots that would respond to every one of your posts uh, with with coherent things. Yeah, yeah. All oh, agreeing, man. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be the giveaway. Well, they yeah, and they definitely don't have that going. So maybe they got the fake followers, but they didn't get the uh, the the AI powered fake followers. Yes. Anyway, we'll start so, that business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we we went over time, um, oh, but we well. we got to most of the stuff. We got off track from from like the absolute, you know, go. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Getting else. Um, hey, one thing I wanted to start doing, and I keep forgetting, is that I do have a Twitter account. Patrick J. Bradley mm-hmm. at Twitter. I should plug it in the beginning because I don't know how you know. I'm sure. Not everybody gets to the end. Probably, I'm sure 90% of people do. But, <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Facebook, Whistling in the Dark. Just search Whistling in the Dark podcast. You'll find it. I'm on Gab as Whistling in the Dark if you if you go there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you can you can find me. And you're what, Adam V. Steele? Or? Yes, Adam V. Steele on Twitter. on Twitter. That's the only one I do. Yeah. So, cool. Well... I guess that's it. Oh, it's my, it. Thanks my a brother, lot. uh, my, so you, I don't know, you know who Dave Smith is. Have you ever listened to his podcast? Yeah. Not yet. Ever, no. <laughs> well, maybe some snip, some snippets I've, I've seen here and there. So his sidekick is Robbie, the fire Bernstein, Robbie Bernstein. That's like, uh, okay. I, I feel bad calling him his sidekick, but he's, it's his partner in the podcast. And Robbie has his own podcast called run your mouth. Uh, Robbie's also, they're both comedians. Um, Robbie did a show at my brother's house last night. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So he, last year he did a porch tour and he used to do his podcast. He would just go to, you would like, say, yeah, 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 porch and you invite him over and whatever. And he would just like hang out and record it and just have you on the podcast and whatever this year, because they can't do any stand up shows in New York. Um, 
he's just had this idea like, hey, if you can host me in your backyard, I'll do a comedy show and like try to get people there and try and get them to give us some money and like, whatever. So like, I don't know, like 35 people went, showed up at my brother's house and they had a comedy show from a legit comedian. Like Robbie's yeah. pretty funny. So anyway, so Sounds shout good. out to Robbie the Fire. Shout out to Dave Smith, part of the problem. Shout out to my brother, Tom Bradley. Uh, and that's, I guess that's it for today and this week. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs)